Whoa, Vicky, we're back uh, with another episode of the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast. Uh, Nick loves when I do stupid white shit. Um, but we're excited to bring this episode to you guys. We have a packed show. We thought we were done with NASCAR, uh, and then NASCAR releases a bunch of news this week. Uh, so we're getting into that. We got college football, NFL, a little bit of hockey. And with Thanksgiving coming up next week, uh, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's just get right into the show for this week. Uh, let's start off with NASCAR, like we talked about. Um, a little bit of surprising news came out just today. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, so Cole Custer, uh, we there was rumors throughout the season that he was either going to be done at Sword Haas after the year. They're kind of not happy with how he was performing. Um, they were going to try and bring in some other drivers. Uh, there was a lot of talk of them going after Kyle Busch pretty heavily to try and bring him to Sword Haas Racing for next season. Uh, that did not pan out. And so we kind of thought, you know, all the rumors had calmed down. Eric Almarola said he was not going to retire. So we figured, okay, Stuart Haas is going to stay the exact same for next season. All of a sudden, it's announced today, Cole Custer will be returning to the Xfinity Series, still with Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, but he will go back to the Xfinity Series for next year. And Ryan Priest will get promoted to full-time uh, cup racing for Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, in my eyes, this is just lining them up. Uh, I, I believe Priest only had a one-year contract to be kind of their reserve driver. Uh, they really liked how he performed this year in that kind of reserve role. Uh, I believe he filled in for Eric at one point in the regular season. Uh, did really good with the trucks and Xfinity races as well. Um, but I, I think they wanted to keep him under that umbrella, not necessarily lose him. Didn't want him to you know sit a full year in Xfinity. Cole Custer has definitely underperformed in the Cup Series, like we said. Uh, hey, let's keep him under contract too. And I think with Harvick retiring at the end of next year, okay, you know, we got to see, we'll just slide Custer back up, let him go get another year of confidence under him and get ready. Uh, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on, on everything that happened and where you see this going from here. Uh, Slay, we'll go with you first. Yeah, so I think the more interesting part of this situation for these two drivers is that when Cole Custer came up, they originally wanted Brian Priest to be the guy in that in that seat. Tony Stewart wanted Ryan Priest, and Gene Haas wanted Cole Custer. And the 41 car has been sponsored by Haas Automotive, whatever, Gene Haas's company. For the entirety that Cole Custer's been there, it's been the main sponsor. Um, he's also had a couple of other sponsors that have graced the hood, but not to the same length that Gene Haas has, has supported that car. Um, it's come out also today that Gene Haas one driver pick because he was going to fork over the money to sponsor the car since neither of these drivers really had like hard sponsorship to come and race here uh the j uh the the daughtry team or whatever where ryan Priest had race yeah uh it, all the sponsorships there continental uh kroger all those those are sponsors that are through that team these drivers aren't being sponsored by those companies so it's a little different than like harvick having bush light and um, like Hunt Brothers Pizza and stuff like that, which Ryan Priest also has Hunt Brothers Pizza because his management team is Kevin Harvick and his wife. So Ricky Stenhouse, they both manage those two. Um, so, or Kevin Harvick and his wife have a management team, and so they manage big names like uh, Ricky Stenhouse and Ryan Priest. And so a lot of these sponsorships they haven't been able to bring with them throughout the entirety of their career career because they've kind of needed to be helped out with that part of the deal. They're great drivers or, or good drivers with with respect to the other guys. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see that Tony Stewart has kind of won that battle now. Like they played that, let's see how Cole Custer does. And it, it didn't really work out. He, he kind of underperformed to what was expected. And it's just a bad look, I think, that 
they didn't pick up Kyle Busch. I think that that's what they need to do. It seems like Kevin Harvick has also come out and said that they need to go out and get a big name, and it just didn't didn't happen. So they're just left with the small amount of cars that they have in the Ford, um, I guess, like driver portfolio, you know? So, I mean, it was it was Ryan Priest or Haley Deegan. Yeah. Uh, Nick, any thoughts? Yeah, um, I don't have too much to add to this. Uh, just, you know, it, yeah, it sucks that somebody had to get demoted, but he didn't have that, you know, a, anywhere near a good year. Um, you know, I'm sure that their expectations were a lot higher for him, like Slate said. Uh, biggest thing is now, obviously, a new driver is going to get that opportunity. Um, you know, hopefully he makes the most out of it, gives Stuart Haas a little something to be excited about. Um, and, you know, maybe look Tony, make Tony Stewart look uh, real good after the season. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Priest can do. Uh, I didn't think he was terrible in the, the JTG equipment he had. Uh, I mean, we all know that's that's not top-level, you know, equipment he's getting there. Uh, but I feel like he did a really good job. Kind of got pushed out, you know, due to some of those sponsorship issues uh, and so forth. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do with the second chance, you know, in his, his press release today. You know, he, he said you're never guaranteed a second chance in NASCAR, and so he wants to make the most of this opportunity. Uh, like I said, I, I, Cole Custer is going to be back. I think he'll be fine. Uh, he could definitely use a little bit more development. I honestly, as a Stuart Haas fan, I wouldn't hate seeing them drop down the three, two or even three cars. Um, you could tell there is a clear difference between, and, and maybe it is 100% behind the wheel. I don't want to say that, though, but you, you can tell there's a huge drop off from the four to the 14 to the 10 to the 41. Uh, and, and so I, I would like to see them, you know, in the future consolidate that down. I know it's, it's nice having, you know, four cars, uh, four teammates out there on the, on the track together, but at what point are you expanding your resources beyond what they're capable of? Um, speaking of teams that might be cutting down on cars in the near future, we, I kind of brought this up to you earlier, Slade in our little group chat. Uh, so it was announced Ty Gibbs is 100% going to be moving up to the NASCAR Cup Series next year. Uh, there will not be an 18 car, though. Uh, it will be the number 54 uh, car as he raced in the Xfinity Series this year. It will be sponsored by Monster. Uh, so that gives Gibbs his four cars. As of right now, they do not have an Xfinity driver announced. Brandon Jones left to go to uh, Junior Motorsports for next season in the Xfinity Series. So there's no Xfinity driver at Gibbs racing right now. It's heavily rumored. I mean, it's all about confirmed, I should say. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. next season will be his last season. Uh, a lot of people speculated it might be this year. He said, I'm going to come back for one more at least. Uh, so it's more than likely there will be down to three cars after next year. Uh, Denny Hamlin has his own team. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to say his performance dropped off this year, but it definitely was a down year compared to what he's had in the past. Uh, but he said in the past, you know, I'm going to retire eventually. Uh, you know, who knows when that's coming. Uh, so I just want to give you guys' thoughts on what you think the future of Joe Gibbs Racing is. Do you think they eventually just start cutting down on cars, or are they a big enough draw still? And, and we talked about this with the sponsorships, uh, especially on the Ryan Priest side. It, it's hard for NASCAR across the board to draw big-name sponsors in, to have them on the car for year-round or you know get three or four. M&M's is now leaving, or Mars Candy, uh, the producer of M&M's, is leaving the sport entirely. Uh, and we've seen many sponsors over the past few years, Lowe's, Home Depot, big names like that leave the sport entirely. And, and so teams are having to look to these. Uh, we saw plenty of teams look at cryptocurrencies, and we see how that's going right now with FTX uh, and, and these these other off-the-wall sponsorships is what I'll call them. Uh, but, Nick, I just want to get your thoughts on if you think 
is with downsize in the future or, or where you see that going? Yeah, so I think logistically speaking, um, downsizing would probably be the better option for them. Um, the only way that I could see, uh, I think a lot of teams might end up downsizing here in the next coming years. Um, I, I think the only way that you avoid that is to draw in more of those big sponsors. Um, and quite frankly, the only way to do that is to get more people watching the sport. Um, you know, we kind of talked about it a lot this season. Uh, NASCAR is kind of on the right track, but there's still some things, you know, uh, like their crappy playoff format and their inconsistent, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, uh, execution of their rules and penalties. Um, so they got to get all that, you know, wrapped up, tied together, whatever, um, get more people watching again. Uh, then, you know, some of those sponsorships are, are, are going to come to you and they're going to want to get their name out there uh, on the hood of your cars or whatever. Um, but at, at least for me, the way I see it and the trajectory that I think NASCAR is going, um, I, I think, like I said, eventually we're going to see a couple of teams possibly downsize a car too. Uh, Slade, your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I think that there's a lot going on with this here. Um, like you said, we could see Joe Gibbs downsize. Uh, they don't have anyone named for Xfinity. Here's the reason they don't have anyone named for Xfinity. They lost Kyle Busch, and what was more than just having Kyle Busch there is their feeder program, which was his truck series team. His truck series team has already announced they're going to Chevy also. He's not, he, he signed the whole deal. He and his team are going to Chevy. Um, so they lost their feeder program. Um, it, it's going to be very hard for them to pick up Xfinity drivers when you're having to source from all different areas now throughout the truck series or ARCA if you want them to just skip from the truck skip the truck series entirely, whatever the deal is there. Um, I, I think that they are going to end up just putting someone that isn't ready to be in the cup series into joe gibbs's fourth car at some point i don't think they're going to downsize necessarily i think the only team that's not going to downsize at all is hendrick motorsports and that's because they've locked their drivers up for three years minimum i think is is what's going on there um i could definitely see stuart haas going down to two cars um tony stewart's got so much going on outside of just nascar that it would make sense for him, him and Gene Haas to be able to allocate their funds to the other things that they, that they have their money into. Um, and then also, it's I Nick had said he he could see a lot of different teams like kind of downsizing and stuff like that. I agree. I think that there's so many people that want to get into the sport right now, just not enough spots. I mean, there's also problems like Dale Jr. There's been a lot of talk about him starting Cup Series team or going in with someone like, say, Richard Childress or something like that to, to kind of do a dual team, sort of like Denny Hamlin and, and uh, Michael Jordan. But then you have problems with, like, he can't go into the Cup Series at all right now because Rick Hendrick owns a part of his Xfinity team. So unless he's going in halves with Rick Hendrick, he can't own a Cup Series team and half own an Xfinity Series team with another owner, you know? So... There's just so much going on. I think that we're going to see a lot over this next season with, with different teams, um, just different feeder programs that are going to have to start up in these lower levels because they can't get a spot in the Cup Series right now, which may help out teams like Joe Gibbs. Yeah. Uh, and just another thing I want to bring up, uh, two things, that, one thing that you, you talked about, another thing I just want to bring up on its own. As with Hendrick, is, is even if they wanted to switch drivers or whatever, they are still very well-funded. They're Top four drivers have good sponsorships. I mean, you could even three of them, I would argue, have really good sponsorships. Kyle Larson is still struggling in my eyes to pull in more big names. 
He still runs 80% of his races in just the HendrickParts.com car. And the other one's um, Valvoline. Yeah, but uh, he is winning enough races, and Hendrick is making enough money where it's a profitable deal for him to just, hey, we're just going to slap Hendrick on the side of the car, go out there and run these races, finish well enough, you pull in enough winnings, and we're fine. Uh, so clearly that has worked out. I, I don't think he could do that with any other driver. Um, I mean, obviously, add that he has now, uh, or that he doesn't have, excuse me. Um, like, I, I don't think you could slap a Ryan Priest in that car, do the same thing, and expect the same results. Um, and then just back to Joe Gibbs real quick, and I don't want to bring this up in a uh, out-of-touch way. Uh, I, I want to bring this up respectfully, but, uh, you know, looking to the future of Joe Gibbs Racing, he has just lost his second son now. Uh, you know, these were his sons that he was he was grooming to take over his company eventually. Uh, obviously, J.D. Gibbs basically ran the 11 car for years uh, before his passing. And Coy, you know, had a huge hand in bringing up Ty Gibbs. Uh, he was a huge part of uh, Gibbs Motorsports as a whole. And now, you know, unfortunately, with his passing as well, you, you kind of look around at it, um, you know, out, outside of keeping it at four cars, you know, is Gibbs still interested in, hey, let, let's keep building this thing for the future? Is it, hey, let's, let's one by one, let's go ahead and just drop this off and, and somebody else can, can eventually take this over? Uh, again, don't don't bring don't mean to be distasteful with that, but just something to kind of think of going forward with all this talk about. Okay, they don't have an Xfinity driver right now. You know, there's a driver that's going to retire probably in a year. Another one, I would say, definitely within five years. And then you're left with two really good young drivers. Um, could make it you know easy to bring a potential buyer in or or leave the hand or leave the organization in good hands going forward if, if that's how they want to handle it. Um, but that's enough NASCAR talk for this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to look at the NHL point standings real quick uh, and just see how everybody's doing it so far. Uh, Pittsburgh has finally figured out how to win a game or two, uh, and then we just lost back-to-back games the last two nights. So it's it's still rough out here, but uh, we're, we're better than the Anaheim Ducks at least. Uh, so, But before we get into the points, Nick, how are you feeling about the Kraken? Yeah, um, uh, pretty much about the same as I felt uh, at the last point that you asked. Uh, I think that good offensive team um you know two of which should be our main contributors are haven't really stepped up to where we thought they would be yet um and they're close uh talking about burkowski and uh uh george strand and i almost lost his name for a second there um they they've put some points up they've scored some goals but not kind of what we expected um and you know they're putting shots on goal the other night uh i can't remember who we were playing but i i'd say Probably six is a very conservative number. Uh, six shots off the post, um, which is absolutely heartbreaking. If you've never watched that many shots go off the post, it was terrible. Um, I, heart attack after heart attack. But no, I think we're in a good place, especially in our second year. Um, you know, trying to have reasonable expectations, but it's definitely exciting to see where we're at. Slade, your thoughts on the Blues? They suck to start the season, let's be honest. Um, yeah. they're playing right now against the Blackhawks when we're recording this. They're winning four two at the end of the second right now, I think. Uh if they're able to win, that would put them at seven and eight on the season. Um, which right now is still gonna have them in last in the central. Is are they in the central? Central, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like uh I don't know what to think. I mean, obviously it's early and there's there's a ton of games left, but I mean, I was really hoping for at least like I don't know, maybe a ten and six start or something like that. But 
we just can't we just can't get there right now. Yeah, I mean the the good news is for them. So they're sitting at twelve points right now. Uh, they're only one spot out of not being in last place in their division. Um, but uh, the next th- so far the team locked into the playoffs. Uh, if the the playoffs were to start today, would be the Abs at seventeen points in that division. So you're only five points technically out of the playoffs right now if you look at it that way. Um, so obviously that. Like we, we, I keep trying to tell myself with the Penguins, it's it's so early in the season. Uh, a lot of these time, a lot of these teams are still trying to work out the new trades, draft picks, so on and so forth. It, I think a lot of these guys are going to be fine. Um, let's go ahead and look at the points though. Starting the Atlantic Division, uh, the Bruins, uh, best team in the NHL right now, twenty eight points. Uh, Maple Leafs twenty one, Panthers nineteen, Lightning nineteen, Red Wings eighteen, Canadians seventeen, Sabers fourteen, and Sens eleven. Uh, very impressed with how the Bruins have started the season. I think I said this last week. Um, I, I, I did not expect them to start off this well. And Marshawn was not supposed to come back for a few more weeks. He has came back uh, and just looked like his old self uh, fresh out the gate, which is scary to say. Um, in the Metro division, probably the surprising team of the year so far has been the Devils. Uh, they're currently on a 10-game win streak. Uh, they're playing really good hockey right now. Uh, plus 21 uh, goal differential, which is just absurd at this point in the season. Um, and so they lead the Metro with 26 points. The Islanders, again, another team that has looked really good so far to, to start the season uh, with 22 points. The Hurricanes have 21. The Rangers have 19. The Flyers have 17. The Caps have 16. Penguins have 15. And the Blue Jackets have 11 points. So again, as a Penguins fan, I'm sitting there looking. Okay, yeah, we're next to last in our division, but hey, we are uh, what four points, you know, out of being ahead of New York or uh, the, the Rangers, I should say. Uh, so plenty of time left. Like I said, we, we finally started winning. Uh, we did not look good at all last night. That was that was difficult to watch against the Maple Leafs. Um, in the Central Division, Dallas leads the way with 20 points. Uh, the Jets have 19, the Avs have 17, the Wild 16, Blackhawks 15, Reds 15, Coyotes 13, and the Blues 12. Slated so the the Blues beat the Avalanche the other night. I watched like the first period of that game. No idea. I was working. I'll check there real quick. Okay. All right. You you looked it up. Uh, and the Pacific Division again. Vegas Three, continues two. to make us. They they won or lost. Oh, one. Well, there you go. Um. Pacific Division, again, Vegas continues to make us eat our words. Uh, they have 26 points right now. The Kings have 21. The Kraken have 19. Oilers, 18. Flames, 16. Sharks, 15. Uh, Canucks, 13. And again, the worst team in the NHL so far. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks with only 11 points. Uh, they did pick up a win last night, though. So uh, good for them. They do not have a win in regulation yet, though. That is correct, yes. I thought uh, I, I seen that today. I was like, "Ain't no way." <laughs> <laughs> um, so that wraps or gives you your, a quick update on where the NHL sits right now. Uh, we're still trying to pick a game that we can all get to here soon uh, and bring that to you guys. <clears throat> uh, so let's go ahead. Let's shift over to the NFL. Uh, Slade, you had a couple questions for Nick and his uh, victorious Washington Commanders after they pick up a huge Monday night win. I knew uh, this which was, was going to be about this. shocking. Shocking to watch, but uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, so I think it was really great that they were able to get the win and everything like that. But, I mean, is it just because of what the team's gone through with Dan Snyder right now that they can't afford to get the guys in first class? Or what's the deal? Because, I mean, we saw the video of 
Parker Cousins in first class with the chains and everything like that. And obviously they were trying to do the same thing with Taylor Heineke. But uh, it was it was hard to watch him sit in the same Delta seats that I sit in and have a plastic garbage can with bush light in them next to him. Like, oh, yeah. They can't even get this man. Like, they couldn't even, the stewardess can't even be bringing a beer, like, <laughs> or yeah. two beers at a time. Like, no, they just have a 12-pack in a garbage can next to him. Yeah, so I assume that we just have no money. Uh, I don't know if you guys had heard, but uh, that I think it was from like week one, the one fan won a 50-50 and the check bounced when he went to cash it. Um, I assume that Dan Snyder probably embezzled a bunch of money for his go bag. Uh, you know, that way he can get out of town. Um, so maybe that's why we can only afford coach. Uh, it'd be nice if they were at least flying a good airline, but you know, I guess you take what you can get. Um, I definitely, I love Taylor Heineke though. Just sitting there with the trash can and with the it, double fist in the beer. It, I love that kid. Love him. I mean, in in, in sure their defense, though, it's it's got to be like what, like a twenty minute flight from Philly to DC. Yeah. So they're like, like yeah, we're not gonna splurge. They're like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, we already test our life walking into this into FedEx Field. We're gonna just uh, fly Spirit. Yeah, I I imagine that it probably, especially that twenty minute flight flight probably cost the same as what, like, an hour flight of first class would. So, uh, who knows? Uh, airlines are weird. But, yeah, definitely, we got we to gotta get the boys. It ain't no wonder that we're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. We're flying coach, so. Yeah. Uh, but we, we have not talked NFL in a few weeks. Uh, so, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on where the season has progressed to this point. Uh, Buffalo, who Nick and I, I, I actually, I believe all three of us picked, had to be our Super Bowl winner or Super Bowl representative in the AFC. Um, it's not look terrible, but they could definitely let a couple games that they should not have lost through their fingers. They lost the Jets last week. Uh, they lose a tough, uh, arguably the best game of the season we've had so far uh, to the uh, Vikings uh, at home. And, and again, great catch by Justin Jefferson. Just I don't even understand how to explain that fumble on the goal line. Um, but just your thoughts overall on on how teams have looked, what teams are surprising you. Uh, we're a little over halfway into the season now. Um, so just how, Nick, I'll start with you. How do you feel about your picks, uh, you know, for division winners, Super Bowl, you know, teams, all that, so forth, uh, a little over halfway into the season? Yeah, so uh, I don't I don't have them in front of me, and I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but one that sticks out is definitely the Bills. Um, like you said, I, I think they're – I don't believe they're in first in their division anymore. I think the Dolphins took that over. Are they third? Okay. I knew they were – or I thought they were at least second. I didn't know exactly what they were. Um, yeah, they – they look good. They don't look great. They don't look like the Super Bowl contenders we hyped them up to be uh, in the preseason. Now, granted, you know, as time gets closer to the playoffs, I, I think they're going to wrap it up. The biggest thing for me is Josh Allen. Um, he's got a great arm, and he can lead that team to beat anybody else in the league. But we've seen, I believe he's thrown six picks total in the last three games, um, and I think only three touchdowns, I believe. Uh, so he's definitely going to want to get that cleared up. Um, that's not going to win you Super Bowls. Uh, I had another one in mind, and I totally am blanking on it right now. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'll just move over to uh, the biggest surprise. The biggest surprise for me is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, not because like I had them winning their division this year, um, but you know they're sitting at eight and one. Uh, should be eight and two, but my team sucks. Um, or seven and two, sorry. But uh, no, Kirk Cousins, uh, when he's not playing in prime time, is playing great football. Uh, unfortunately for him, all playoff games are pretty much played in prime time. So sorry about that. Uh, but 
I think that the Vikings um, have faced a lot of adversity this year, and they've overcome that adversity, especially if you look at the game against us. We were up by like seven, I think, with just a couple minutes left in the fourth, and they, you know, they stuck together. They ended up coming back, winning the game uh, on the road, uh, which obviously granted us Kirk Thuggins uh, or Kirk or Thuggins, whatever you want to call him, uh, which might be one of my favorite NFL characters of all time now. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's been a really wild NFL season, in my opinion. Um, it's very hard, like, for example, betting. Uh, you, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm probably not going to place another dollar on the NFL uh, for the rest of the season because it is just absolutely nuts. Um, you can't trust anybody and the teams that you think you can trust to be terrible somehow win games. Um, so yeah, it's uh, entertaining to say the least. Um, I think that's what's kind of kept me in it because we've talked before about, you know, the refing kind of killing the game and all the politics off the field and, you know, stuff like that. But uh, it's been an interesting season to say the least, and I can't wait for playoff time. Slade, your thoughts on the season so far? So just on the Buffalo part in itself, I mean, it's crazy to think that what we saw happen last year um, between the Chiefs and the Bills, I mean, it was heartbreak for the Bills. And and the overtime thing that had happened to the Chiefs the year before, I believe, and, like, there, there was a lot of back and forth in the offseason about that stuff. And then, like, they come out and it's like, oh, wow, I mean, like, the Chiefs are looking like crap without Tyreek Hill at the beginning, like, compared to what they were previously. And so it's like, oh, wow, the Bills might be able to get home field advantage. And then the Bills go out and beat the Chiefs in their first game and their only game of the season that they'll play. And it's like, oh, wow, the Bills are finally going to get this game in Buffalo. And now, I mean, they, they've played two divisional games and lost both of them. They're 0-2. They've lost to the Bill, or to the, to the Jets and the Dolphins. I mean, they'll play each team again this season, but, oh, my. I mean, if they would lose to both of those <laughs> teams again and then split with maybe the Patriots, I mean, you're looking at them staying in the third spot, possibly going – back to the fourth, depending on how the Patriots play out the rest of their season. I mean, it's just it's just crazy to think that they finally got that win against the Chiefs to give themselves home field advantage, and now it, they're kind of squandering that home field advantage, at least. I think that they're still going to make the playoffs and, and, and be able to make a deep run, but it's also questionable with, with the news that had come out about Josh Allen's elbow and stuff. I mean, it didn't seem to affect him too much, but uh, I, I think the most surprising team to me uh, is the Steelers. No, no I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, I saw a thing that said that the whole East <laughs> could make the playoffs, possibly. Uh, I, I don't know that that's going to happen, but that and and the, the going theory that Tom Brady could literally start out the playoffs <laughs> um, and, and have to go through a bunch of Joe Schmo quarterbacks to get to the Super Bowl is just realist or just really crazy if they can actually get to that point yeah for sure. Yeah, i mean i think it's super realistic that that happens uh i mean mm-hmm. I, I don't there's one two good quarterbacks in in the nfc i would say right now um and one of them if, if tom brady has to play them in prime time it, it's tom brady's gonna win uh so that should narrow down who i'm talking about but the, the nfc is just overall so terrible this season it's it's honestly hard to watch at times um, we saw uh, Green Bay pick up a win the other day against Dallas. Uh, first of all, in a game they had no right in being in. Dallas dominated that game up and down, uh, and then they just decided to stop playing in the middle of the fourth quarter for some reason. Um, and Aaron Rodgers somehow kind of locks his way back into a victory. Um, but yeah, no, I back to the Bills. 
if I'm looking at, at their division right now, they're tied with the Jets. The Jets at the tiebreaker. Um, I, I think the Jets are a dumpster fire waiting to happen. I, I don't understand how they made it to this point in the season with Zach Wilson playing as bad as he has. Uh, maybe that's just the, the NFL shtick this year is we're going to have really bad quarterbacks win a lot of games. Um, because, I mean, you look at his numbers. He, he is not playing well at all. He's not turning the ball over, which is the key. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's not putting up multiple touchdown games. Uh, he's letting that team carry him. Uh, and I, I don't see that lasting too much longer, if I'm being honest. Uh, and so I, I think the Bills definitely jump them. Uh, but the Dolphins look overall really good, especially with Tua back now. Um, and so I, I think that the Dolphins are going to end up winning this division, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, obviously, they have some tough games coming up a little bit later in the season. Um, as far as the AFC South, uh, just as we suspected, nobody wants to win the division. Uh, somehow, Indianapolis won this past week, uh, but now they get Philly at home. And so, uh, but I, I did see the thing where there is a way that both, not not just the NFC or the AFC, where both, uh, you know, conferences can get all four teams in the, uh, the East divisions into the playoffs, which I think would be absolutely stupid to watch. But I, I, I hope it happens, honestly, at this point. Like, I, I want that to happen so badly. Uh, and so we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but, you know, uh, some other surprising teams, uh, I believe, does Cleveland get Deshaun back this week? Uh, next or is it next week. Next, next week. week. Um, yeah, he can practice this week, this week but I, I, he can't play till next. And they're going to get the snow this week against the Bills. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when he comes back, they're sitting at three and six right now. I'm, I'm just going to go out a limb here and say they're going to be three and seven going in the next week. Um, they get Tampa Bay at home with Deshaun back. Uh, no, excuse me. He won't be back for that game either. Uh, cause his first game back is against Houston. I remember them making a big deal about that. Oh uh, yeah. That's right. Uh, oh yeah. Cause it's an 11 game suspension. So yeah, he'd come back yeah. okay. week 12. Wait. So yeah, that should be not this week, but know. next week. Uh, whatever. You're asking the wrong guy. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot that can happen in that division as well because the Ravens look like the best team in the league sometimes, and then they go out and they look awful. Uh, the Bengals are floating. I think the Bengals are going to be a 500 team this year. They're sitting at 5-4 and four right now. Uh, I grossly overestimated the Steelers. Uh, this might be Mike Tomlin's first ever losing season because they are dog shit, uh, to say the least. Now, 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 um, you said this is the year of, of horrible quarterbacks winning games. So, I mean, Justin Fields and Kenny Pickett must be the best quarterbacks they got out there. No, they got to the put Mitch back out there. They need, they need to put Mitch back out there, and then they'll win. Mitch plays for the other team. He throws the ball to the opposite color jerseys. Yeah, he's bad. And so if they put him in, they'll win. That's, that's the point. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, to talk about my Bears for a second, uh, I mean, I have hope for this team in the future. Uh, we need to heavily invest in some defense in the offseason, though, and obviously some offensive linemen. Uh, I can't believe Justin Fields is still alive, honestly. Um, so, I mean, and then the NFC West, I, I think the Seahawks are going to kind of, like I said with the Jets, they're going to start to fall apart here a little bit. We saw it against Tampa Bay uh, in the Germany game. Uh, Geno Smith can only carry this team so far. Uh the 49ers have really turned a corner, especially since they got McCaffrey. They stumbled that first week with him, but since then, uh, they've they've looked really, really good. Uh, I, I think they're continue to trend up, and I think they're going to win the division uh, simply because the Rams and the Cardinals suck. Uh, Kyler Murray is trash. Uh, now the new Call of Duty is out, so you can ex- – Warzone 2 just dropped this week. I would give it 
Cardinals lost. Book it. Book yeah, it. I, I would. Um, yeah, I would say they lose this week. Uh, probably next week too, honestly, just because I hate Kyler Murray that much. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I have zero words of how to describe what is going on with the Rams, uh, and I'm not even going to try to. Uh, so with that note, uh, Slade would like us to build a parlay together uh, because apparently he hasn't had enough of losing money, and so he wants. I guess he just wants to blame all of us for, lo- for losing. Yeah, that's probably game. what it is. Uh, no, so Slade get back on the winning streak. Yeah, well, that's that's we just not going to happen. need to start it like on a nothing bet during the week so that we don't all lose our money on college football Saturday. Yeah. See, I've been doing all right on Saturdays. It's the Sundays that have been. I've came out of Saturday the last two Saturdays, even for the weekend, with my Sunday bet sitting there, and then ended the weekend even. Actually, I lied. This week, I won two dollars and seventy-five cents on Sunday, and I felt like a million bucks. Sometimes you just got to see it go through the net. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's more than that's more than I want. Uh, <laughs> so Slade, I'll, I'll give you my first. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Chicago plus three at Atlanta. Uh, this is going to be a horrible game, um, but I don't know. I, I got a little bit of faith with with their offense right now. I can see us losing on like a last second field goal to lose by one, uh, or I mean, the last time we played in Atlanta, Atlanta blew like a 20 point lead, uh, so I wouldn't. I'm seeing that again. So I'm going to take Chicago plus three. Uh, it's, a, it's a one o'clock game. Let me get a late game. Uh, we... that... Oh, sorry. I'm just going to say so. Everybody else's bets can lose, and then mine can not be the one that, that costs us this. Um, let me see. What's the over-under in this game? Oh, give me the over 50 in the Kansas City Chargers game. Mm-hmm. And that, that, those will be my two. That's over not bad, 50 and a half. Sure. Guy knows if it's just 50, it's definitely going to hit 50. So I'm taking the Browns' bills under 41 and a half. Um, it's supposed like to snow like six foot of snow in Buffalo this weekend. Um, no, I think it's actually anywhere from 8 to 12 inches, and it's supposed to happen about two hours before the game. So we're just going to get that, you know, normal yearly video of the dudes out there with shovels instead of a fucking machine on AstroTurf out there. They just have like a hundred dudes out there with the shovels pushing the snow off the grass. Um, that could be like, uh, what game was that on Saturday? Was it at Arkansas? Yeah, that was Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. with like the sheet of ice over their field, and well, they had that, no, no idea what to do about they it. Sprayed water <laughs> on it to try yeah, and yeah, yeah, they right, caused yeah. the sheet of ice. Cause yeah, stupid. yeah, that's the yeah, one was, thing I hate. There was frost, and so they. You can't they tell me out of wash it like, off. You have a whole, literally, com- literal community of intelligent people. And not one of them looked at you. I know it's Arkansas, but I, I'm that's just a assuming big there's, there's Arkansas. That's where yeah. John Daly came from. So I'm that's, assuming that's yeah, he's, with he's a legend. Georgia. All right. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not, but I would not go as far as to say. They have to have at least some out of state coming no, in there. I'm not. I'm not kidding you. People in the South are so stupid with snow. It, it is ungodly. Last year here in Charlotte, we got a dusting, a, a dusting of snow. Okay. And then we were, there was freezing rain and sleet coming behind it. So the, the northern brain in me goes, okay, I want to shovel and salt. So that way when the freezing rain comes through, I'm not walking on a sheet of ice. The looks I was getting from my neighbors, it'll melt tomorrow. That's cool. I got to go to work today. Like, I, I need to leave. I, I'm not walking up and down. First of all, I live on a hill. I'm not walking up and down a hill all day. Just to, and then nobody can drive. Absolutely nobody can drive. Even if it's not even laying on the ground. You think rain is bad? 
you see a snow flurry. I literally saw a guy drive across four lanes just to get off on the exit because a snow flurry fell. I was people down here don't understand what like how to even remotely function with a flurry, let alone a light dusting. Oh, let's spray water on it. That'll help. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I am not shocked that they were dumb enough to do that. So, so funny story about when Zurich was down there for college in North Carolina and, uh, it was like the first time in like eight years it had snowed over a couple inches and it was like five inches of snow that it put down and, uh, they don't, they didn't have snowplow trucks. They didn't have like yeah. that kind of stuff. So it's basically a golf cart with like this spinning brush thing on the front. I'm sure you've seen it before, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, they just had like 10 or 15 of them going around town trying to get four or five inches of snow off off the roads um didn't work out yeah no there's there's no plow trucks down here they 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 don't even salt the roads they spray that calcium stuff Mm. before the storm and then they hope that does it which obviously does nothing uh and then but the funny part last year is everybody's like oh it'll melt tomorrow it's fine it didn't melt for four days because it just kept getting colder each day and then the people that refused to shovel their sidewalks or their driveways it just kept refreezing, and then they had to go out in the morning and break all the ice off and all this other stuff. I put an ad out on next door saying, hey, 20 bucks, I'll come shovel your driveway. And then, again, I had, like, two people the first day answer me. Second day, I had, like, two more people, and then the third day, everybody's like, okay, I don't think this is ever going to melt. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> I'll come shovel. Maybe listen not, to the guy that just moved from up north. It's $20 anymore. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you guys continue building your parlays. Nick, we'll go with your two. I just, I just wanted to, to pick the Browns and, and Bills under there before, uh, before just in case that was one of yours. <laughs> no, no, you're good, you're good. Uh, so the first one, I'm gonna take Philly minus six and a half at Indianapolis. Um, I think they are. Well, I think that we kind of showed a blueprint to the NFL of how to slow them down. I don't think that that's gonna work every week for everybody. Um, and the Colts is definitely a team that I don't think it's gonna work for. Um, our defense has stepped up tremendously lately, and I don't think that the Colts defense is going to play anywhere near that. Um, we held A.J. Brown to one catch for seven yards. Uh, I imagine he's probably going to be mad and go off. Um, I think the whole team is going to be upset that that happened and is going to come out firing, and I don't think the Colts are going to be able to slow him down. Um, and for my second one, I'm, I'm still looking because I haven't decided on a second one yet. Uh, there's some weird games going on this weekend. I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going to go ahead. Uh, no, I'm not. I said I wasn't going to do it, uh, so I'm not going to do that. I lied. Um, give me the Giants money line at home against Detroit. I like that. All right, all right. So uh, did you guys see the video of them asking Jason Kels what his thoughts were on the loss and if he felt like the 17-0 rumors were, were going throughout the locker room? Because before they did interview him, they interviewed A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown was like, I'm so glad we lost. Because now I don't have to hear about 17 and 0 the rest of the season. Like this is just this is just awesome. Now we can just focus. And then they go like a couple lockers down. They're like, Jason Kelsey, how how do you feel about this? Like, do you feel like there's a weight that's been lifted off of your back now that there's no 17 0 thoughts? He's like, uh, no, no, I I don't like the loss at all. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when him and uh, I forget who, who all it was, but when him and the two other guys put out that Christmas album. I thought they were going 17 and 0. I thought that was it. I thought they were about to run the table. Uh, Cuz uh, when your center partakes in making a Christmas album, uh, that's that's all I would need as a team member. Yeah, I would My favorite clip of him from this week after the loss was uh him and his brother Trevor are they brothers? Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. Um Travis Kelsey, they they do a podcast together and they put it out and they're like, "Travis, how do you feel?" or uh 
Jason, how do you feel? And he just screamed fuck at the top of his lungs for like a solid 30 seconds. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, it, I, I hate the Eagles, but I can't help but love that man. He is so funny oh, to watch. Um, and, and so. uh, but let's go ahead. Let's, let's move well, over to college football. No, the last sorry. pick of our parlay, sorry, sorry, was uh, the Ravens at minus 720. So a $5 bet here wins us 125 bucks if it, if it wins out. How, how is somebody minus 720? I think Baltimore Ravens money line against the Carolina Panthers. That's oh okay. I I thought you meant like they were favored. Like I, I thought I, the same I thing heard... at first, and I was like, I think he's thinking money line. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, okay. Minus seven. That's a bit weird. But and I was like, <laughs> they're, they're just doing decimals now. They expect somebody to score half a point yeah. somehow. No, they um, they expect the Panthers to just do that bad that they score 720 points more than that. Yeah. Honestly, I would not be surprised. <laughs> uh, Let's go ahead. Let's move into college football. Uh, let's look at the updated uh, college football top 25 playoff rankings. Uh, first of all, screw you, Michigan State and Kentucky, for making us wait another hour to see this shit last night. That was ungodly. Um, and, yes, I did not forget about the uh, swear jar, uh, but it's it's already full at this point. We're just <laughs> throwing money at it. Um Georgia stays the number one team. Top four stay exactly the same. TCU, after they survived Texas, uh, an an ugly football game. Um, And we're going to talk about the game in a minute. I'm not going to get into it uh, because I'll just start ranting. Uh, TCU with a home win. LSU jumps. uh, USC moves up. Alabama and Clemson also move up. Utah moves up. Penn State, uh, with with all due respect to you guys, and I mean this in the least offensive way, Penn State is not the number eleven team in the country. Going to the Oregon's ship. not number twelve. Oregon's not yeah. as number twelve. And I, I I don't want you to take it that way, but Penn State is not number thirteen. In my eyes, North Carolina deserves to be higher. Uh, they are a one loss team. Their one loss is to a ranked team. Uh, and first of all, how the hell is Notre Dame eighteen? But that's that's another discussion. Um, Oregon is 12, North Carolina 13. Ole Miss is 14th after they lost to Alabama. Uh, Kansas State is 15th after getting a huge bounce back win. UCLA drops to 16th. Uh, I think they should have dropped farther for losing to a three-win uh, Arizona team at home. Uh, Washington jumps up to number 17 after getting that big win over Oregon on the road. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, they barely beat Navy. For some reason, they just decided that I guess the game ended at halftime. They, I think they had 20 yards of offense in the second half, they said. Uh, so that's that's not good. Uh, number 19, Florida State uh, with a huge win over Syracuse. Uh, UCF with a big win over Tulane jumps them in the rankings. Tulane falls to 21st. Oklahoma State is 22nd. Uh, they, they figured out how to win again, uh, which is nice to see. Oregon State 23rd, NC State 24th, and Cincinnati is 25th. Um, so, yeah, I, I gave my piece. I think North Carolina should be higher. Uh, I think Penn State should be lower. Uh, but I want to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, Slade, we'll start with you. Um, so just to kind of like – obviously, I don't think that – I don't think that they should even rank anyone that has zero chance of making the college football playoff. Like, I understand that they have to. But, I mean, it's just unrealistic to see Penn State, Oregon, Washington, UCLA – a lot of these teams up there at all because it's like, oh, it makes it seem as if they have some sort of chance when there's no chance. I mean, I feel like they should just be ranking the top 10. Those are the only ones to have any chance of making the playoffs barring any random losses in the next couple weeks or anything like that. Um, I think the only reason that North Carolina has been fighting to get up there is because 
they can't win a game by more than three. I mean, someone should just take the points against them every time for spread-wise because the only team that they've beaten by more than, like, three points this year is Virginia Tech, and that doesn't say a lot. Um, it, it, I mean, unless you count FAMU or something like that, whatever team they played. Like, I mean, they same as Penn State. They played a JV team their first game of the season, and so... Right, um, no, you do not disrespect Florida A&M like that. They had 30 <laughs> players. They flipped North Carolina, and they were winning that game at one point. You do not disrespect them by calling them a JV team. And I think that they was like that, week two. Didn't they play that was, State No, that one? was week zero. That was yeah, week they, zero. Oh, and I made true, about yeah. 50 memes about Florida A&M having yeah, that dog in them, only for them that. to actually crap the bed in the second half. But hey, they, yeah. they flew up there with like 15 kids on the COVID list. <laughs> so you do not disrespect them in this household. Oh boy! Yeah, so that was that was week zero. Update was week one. It was like sixty-two to sixty-one or something like that. But uh, I just think that the reason yeah, why they're at thirteen is because they. What's that? So that's when they return the onside kick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that. I think that it's hard to put them into the top ten, knowing that they haven't been able to put a touchdown spread on any team aside from the team that is twenty men down. Uh, FM. FAMU. <laughs> so it, it's it's just difficult. Um it was heartbreak for Georgia's Oregon Ducks, but I mean it was a pretty good game leading up to the very end there. It was just uh well, it was a great game. Yeah. It, it was just rough to see. I mean, I'm I'm anxious, George. You probably listen to Oregon's Twitter and stuff like that. Have you heard anything? Like has anything come out? Because a lot of people were saying that Bo Nix is on the sidelines jumping up and down saying, I need to get in the game. I need to get in the like I'm fine. My my ribs, whatever back, whatever was hurting is fine. And they just ran the damn play. <laughs> what are your thoughts? No, uh, I mean, Bo hasn't come out, obviously. He, he, Bo is very well-reserved. He, he has not come out and said anything negative about the play. Um, yes, but he, he was ready to go back in. He wanted to. Um, but I, I understand, you know, not taking that time out. Hey, let's – this kid was a, a highly touted recruit. Yeah, he struggled at times when he has gotten to go in. But that, that play is not on him, uh, you know. First of all, the running back slipped, yes, but the, the offensive line let a defensive end come straight through. Um, you know, even if Bo's in there, yeah, I understand he 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 did like three QB sneaks before that on, on fourth and short to get it. I would have liked to have seen that, uh, but in my eyes, I understand going for it there. I wish anytime you're in your own side of the field, I, I always struggle comprehending going for it on fourth down. But I understand it with. The, just how poorly our defense had played, um, you know, leading up to that, the, the drive before that, they drove down the field in like 30 seconds, it seemed like. Um, and, and so I, I understand, hey, you, they're, they're either going to get the ball right here, and then our defense showed up and made a stop, uh, and then we just not enough time uh, to, to get the ball moved down the field, or at least close enough to send it to overtime. Um, so, yeah, I mean, difficult to watch, but there's so many things from that game where, like, well, if, if they would have done this, and, and that's how you always feel after a loss. Like, hey, if this one play would have gone differently, there was a – I don't understand why the missed interception call was not reviewed. Uh, I understand Washington ran up there, but you can't tell me there's any way the booth had enough time to look at that play on the fly and say, yep, you know, that's a catch or that's, that's an interception, so on and so forth. That should have absolutely been reviewed. You look at that, that replay enough times afterwards, and I, I call it an interception. I understand I have a little bit of bias, but he has it in his hands. He goes to the ground, and once they hit the ground, the receiver rips it away from him, and they, they call it a catch for the receiver. I, I don't understand that at all. Um, I think that's a little bit of BS, but, again, it, it's one of those games where it's like, okay, well, if this would have went differently, 
we would have won. If this would have went differently, we would have won. Uh, but you can look at the same thing the other way. This would have went differently. We lost that game by 30 points. Um, our, our defense was so pathetic the, the entire night. Uh, I mean, I, I can't believe that we had a almost 10-point lead at one point late in the fourth quarter. Um, but we, we absolutely should have closed that game out a lot better. Um, I'm just glad Bo is healthy. Hey, we have a difficult opponent this week coming in again with Utah. If we win out, we're, we're still heading to the Pac-12 championship game. You know, we still have a route in front of us to get there. Uh, and so we, we just need to focus on Utah this week. Uh, it's going to be tough. We have so much bad blood from getting our ass beat twice by them last year. Uh, you know, now we need to beat them. Let's get back up to the pinnacle. Let, let's go, you know, to Las Vegas in a few weeks. I mean, we have Oregon State in two weeks, who is now ranked again. Uh, and, you know, we got to travel there this, this year. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's going to be a difficult two weeks. I talked about a week ago. This is a rough three-week stretch for Oregon. Uh, this is going to prove how good this team has become since that Georgia loss. Um, and so I, I'm I'm excited to see us get back to work this week. The only thing I hate is that it's a stupid 10:15 p.m. kickoff. Uh, I can't believe they they put a ranked matchup that late on ESPN. But I mean, you gotta you gotta fill time slots somehow. I guess. And, and can uh, can we just talk about how, like you said, the next three weeks, and if we count this past week, so we're saying four weeks of just brutal schedule for Oregon, and that you got TCU who basically has the same damn thing. It's like uh, we got teams like Michigan that, I mean, they played their their first hard game, which, I mean, you can't consider a hard game because they whooped Penn State up and down the field. And and so their only hard game of the season is going to be, what, in two weeks against Ohio State? Yeah. I mean, so they, they do I, play Illinois this week, which I'm, I'm surprised. They're on a down spiral right now because we, I, I understand. we just rode the horse too long. I'm just saying, if, if I look at these rankings, and I know we haven't let Nick talk a lot here, um, but if, if I'm looking at these rankings, one thing that's sticking out to me that I'm staring at it, how the hell is Oklahoma State back in the rankings? Not just back in the rankings, but all the way up to 22nd. This is a team that got their ass kicked the last two weeks, and now all of a sudden, uh, actually, here, let me let me go back and look at this properly so I get. So they lose the TCU uh, by three in double overtime. They beat Texas at home. They get throttled 48 to nothing by Kansas State. They drop down the 18th. They get throttled by Kansas 37-16. They're out of the rankings. They beat a four-loss, or excuse me, four-win Iowa State team by six points this week. And somehow this committee is like 22, and we're going to put them there. When I, it, it, Yeah, Illinois has, has crapped the bed the last two weeks, and I, I 100% agree with that. I mean, it was a great game this past weekend with Purdue, and that is also a rivalry game. I understand it's not as high class of a rivalry like Alabama-Auburn or Alabama-LSU or, you know, Michigan-Ohio State, games like that, but it's still a rivalry game. It still brings a lot of emotions to the table. It's still two teams that are fighting for a chance to win the Big Ten West when, you know, one of those teams we thought was done for three weeks into the season. Uh, I don't understand how you could take a look at that that game or that that team in Illinois and say, yeah, Oklahoma State is just that much better on them on paper. Like I understand if you put them head to head, I would I would say Oklahoma State probably wins that game. But the last three weeks looking at those two teams, I would still put Illinois from the eye test and resume alone ahead of Oklahoma State in my eyes. And the last thing I'll say before I let Nick talk finally, um, you, you said there, there's no point in ranking outside the top ten. I mean, first of all, every other ranking system does it. But in my eyes, it matters so much because, you know, you're still looking at New Year's Six Bowls. Okay, we need the highest ranked 
non-Power 5 team, they're going to get put into the New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, it, overall, and it, it helps for your resume as well. If you look at Georgia right now, they beat a, a top 10 team in Tennessee. They have beat a top 15 team in Oregon and, and so on and so forth. So you need these top 25 rankings. So at the end of the year, if something were to happen, let's say Georgia's a one-loss team. We, we have four one-loss teams staring at each other at the end of the season, okay? And we need to sit there and go, okay, who gets in, who gets out? You know, are, are you conference champion? Okay, well, conference champion, yep, you're in, okay, whatever. But if you're, we're fighting for that last spot, and I understand, yeah, it, it, it does get kind of stupid, and we're sitting here arguing about a 22nd-ranked team. But at the same time, I would rather sit here and go, okay, TCU deserves to be in because they beat a 22nd-ranked team. And honestly, maybe that's why they put Oklahoma State back in. And so TCU just has another top 25 win. I mean, when they beat them, they were a top 25 team, and that should still count as a top 25 win, but maybe that's just why they're flexing it a little bit. Talking a lot, Nick. I'm sorry. You can go ahead and, and give us your thoughts, buddy. No, you're good. So kind of to piggyback off of what Slade said as far as outside the top 10, judging by this list here, I, I could – see the argument for the first nine I'll, I'll allow alabama and clemson to be in there as much as i don't think either one of them are top 10 teams in this country um and then you start at 10 and you're at utah i do not think utah has played like a top 10 team really at any point this season maybe for a few minutes and a quarter here or there um but definitely not you know the same utah team that we expected to see um but really from 10 on it kind of just seems like they threw people in um like you said i i don't think that penn state is number 11. Now I get it. Our defense at this point in the season um, is playing absolutely great ball. We just shut out Maryland, um, but the offense and its inconsistency, more Sean Clifford's inconsistencies, um, it definitely hinders us. But at the same time, as I'm looking at it, like it's really hard for me to put gaps in between some of these teams um, just because of how inconsistently a lot of these teams outside of the top 10 or outside of the top nine have played. Um, just to touch on North Carolina a little bit, um, I, I, Slade made a good point as far as not winning games, you know, by touchdowns or anything like that. Um, but I think this is a team that has proven that they at least belong in the top 10. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they're a playoff team at this point. I don't think they deserve to be even sniffing a playoff, but I do think that they're playing and their record shows, uh, them being a top 10 team compared to some of these other teams on here, um, that have, you know, two, maybe three losses. Uh, but it definitely outside that top nine to me just looks like they said, yeah, we think that these teams could be the, in the top 25 of, of the country. Let's just throw them all around somewhere and everybody will be so focused on the top six, top seven that they won't care, um, which uh, kudos to us, I guess, for giving a shit and sitting here arguing about something that means absolutely nothing to the college football season. Uh, but here we are. That's why we do this thing every week. So, yeah, uh, but just, just back to the North Carolina argument again. Yeah, you're you're not winning games by a lot, and I understand that you would like flashiness. You you would like you know forty eight to nothings that some of these other schools are putting up, um, but at the end of the day, they they are doing what they need to to get the win. They they are going to difficult environments. They're winning games. Uh, you know, traveling to Wake Forest in a a what should have been a top twenty five matchup had Wake Forest been able to play competent football the last few weeks. Um, and you know it, it's a night game. I, I understand. I they. I, I watched a little bit of that game flipping back and forth from the Oregon game. They absolutely controlled Wake Forest for three quarters of that game. And finally, towards the end, Wake Forest kind of woke up a little bit and made it a game. Um, but I, I don't think you you can go out there and argue and say, hey, you're only winning by three. And so that's that's a reason to hold you a little bit lower. Uh, I understand that's what the committee's doing. I'm just saying I don't agree with it. Um, and and I, I think as a one-loss team, 
that is going to an ACC championship game. You know, it is locked in. They, they are going to play Clemson in a few weeks. Um, they should absolutely be getting a little bit more respect. Again, I, I, if I put North Carolina and Penn State on the field right now, I think North Carolina wins that game. Just for the fact, I think Drake May is one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now. That UNC offense is one of the best in the country. Uh, Penn State's defense, you know, we, we have hyped them up a lot, and I understand they, they have played much better the last few weeks. But the game in my mind that continues to stick out is the Michigan game. I felt like Penn State's defense looked really good going to that game, and all of a sudden Michigan ran all over them. In my eyes, whenever I look at Penn State facing a difficult opponent, they have lost both of those games. Uh, they got blown out in one of them, and, I mean, shout out to them for being able to keep that Ohio State game as close as it was. Uh, but I think towards the you know middle of the fourth quarter to the end of that game, we saw how good Ohio State really was. and. I don't want to say how bad Penn State is, but just kind of the, the gap in those two teams and why Ohio State is so successful and why Penn State continues to struggle. And it, it's just the gap in those two teams. If Penn State plays that game all the way out to the end, I I have no problem keeping them a little bit above or higher in the rankings. Um, that's just my argument for putting North Carolina above them. I think my, my top 10, first of all, I would put Utah above USC for the fact that they beat USC head-to-head. I understand they had, they had a couple stumbles in the middle of their season, but I still think Utah is a better team for the simple fact that they beat USC. Um, so I would put Utah at seven and not USC, uh, and then I would put North Carolina at 10. Uh, th- those would be the only two tweaks in the top 10 I would make. Um, um, so so here's the thing, though. like with If we just don't look at anyone outside the top 10, there's no point in even arguing whether – uh, North Carolina goes in and beats Penn State by 15 points because neither of them are in the top 10. So, like, I, I that's why I don't think they should even rank outside the top 10, or at least to the point where they're differentiating. Like, I think that they should just put all these teams out there and say, okay, this is 11 through 25, because I don't think that you could even differentiate, like, I don't know, uh, USC against uh, Penn State. Like, USC might be able to to beat Penn State by three, and I mean. They're at 19, so I, I just I find it hard. And the same thing with Oregon State. I mean, or I mean Oklahoma State. The only reason they're in there is because the committee wants it to be shown that either Kansas State or Oklahoma State will play who uh, TCU, right? Yeah. So I mean, they're tied right now with Kansas State having the tiebreaker over them because of the win. So I mean, it's just their way of getting these ranked matchups in the bowl game, or I mean in the conference championship games. It's it's all for nothing. It doesn't mean anything. And I feel like they just do this every year. I mean, I don't think that Clemson or North Carolina should be in the top 10. So so that's, but they just have to have one of them in there because then at the end of the season, when they do the top 10, you got to see that the ACC champion was ranked in the top 10 and the Pac-12 champion was ranked in the top 10. And so it's just like, I don't know. That's that's why I feel that nobody should be ranked outside the top ten. But it's a double edged sword, though. If, if you look at this and say none, none of these other teams should be ranked, well, then by, by again, the committee is what I mean. I, I'm fine I, with I, the eight people ranking. I understand. Them I'm just saying it voting, but yeah, I, and I understand. But I'm first of all, I mean, I think the AP poll is worse than this. Uh, obviously, this top twenty five is very flawed. Yes, uh, but when they when they put out who the people in the AP poll are voting for each week, and they say how they ranked each individual ranked, which I would love if the college football playoff committee could just do that 
just say, hey, this is where so-and-so had this. I understand. I I believe, if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly, the way they have it work is they don't leave that room until every single person in there agrees, okay, this team is is one and two and, and so on and so forth. Um, the AP poll is just kind of averaging, okay, we had so many first-place votes, so many second-place, whatever. Uh, but just the amount of stupid people that I, I see ranking. Um, but just back to you know saying the top 10 doesn't matter. I, it's such a double-edged sword, though, because but let's just give you a hypothetical. We're looking at Penn State at five and Tennessee at, at four, and you're arguing back and forth over which team is better. And let's say, you know, Tennessee has one top 20, one team here in the top 25 that they beat. Penn State has two. You know, if you don't have those teams ranked past 10, then there's you lose a lot of bases for your argument. You say, yeah, they have an AP team, an AP top 25 team, whatever. But I don't, I feel, I feel like the, committee kind of holds himself in a higher regard that they well where's the basis to put oklahoma state at 22 then other than the fact that just because they're third in the big 12 you know that that's where i guess and this is going to get so tricky i wanted the them to open up the the championship games here or whatever the the committee to to picking for 16 teams for a bracket at the end of the season for a playoff but Mm. now with the way that these rankings are i don't want them to do that i mean i can't differentiate a Penn State versus UCLA or Kansas State or uh, Ole Miss or whoever, you know, like I think that mm-hmm. Ole Miss plays a harder uh, schedule than Penn State. I think that they they should realistically be ranked ahead of Penn State in my opinion, but they're they're not. So how are you going to put Ole Miss against who would they go against Michigan if it was a sixteen team playoff, and then Penn State gets to go against like Tennessee or something like that? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just going to be so difficult if they can't differentiate between i mean i i just don't know i i don't know their their ranking system but it just seems like like you had said it's flawed it's gonna be very difficult to see them rank outside of 10 and the reason why i say 10 is because i understand what you're saying in four and five and and seeing the ranked wins and stuff but the reason why that that works is because only four make it into the playoff so differentiating four and five is a big difference from 10 to 25. I think that we should get away from polls. I think that the college football playoffs. So is is it sixteen teams? I know they're expanding it in twenty twenty four. Is it sixteen? They're looking 12? at twelve. Twelve. Okay. So just say twelve. So, in my opinion, just to spice things up a bit, I know some people are going to be against this, but I, I think that it would add a little um, excitement, a little flavor to the college football playoffs. I think that the the ten conference winners across uh, FBS one A should automatically get in. So then you have two spots to decide that you would have, like say example for this year would be for Michigan and Tennessee, for example, like whatever, you know, the next two top teams would be, obviously I guess you would still need some sort of ranking system, but I just think that if you win your conference, like, especially if you're going to expand it this far, like I know what everybody's thinking, all with these group of five schools, yada, yada, yada. I think that there would be a lot of group of five schools that would come in. um, Maybe not necessarily against like the Georgias or the Ohio States, um, but could come in, you know, for some of, say, like the LSUs, the USCs or whatever that might be in there, um, could come in and compete and put up a good game. I know that they're probably not going to win a whole lot. But when we look at, say, March Madness and, you know, with the NCAA basketball, there are teams that come in and upset number one, number two, number three seeds. Um, so I, that's what I think, because I think these polls every year just get more and more inconsistent. Um, usually now, like the uh, CPF poll, like 
you know, that we're looking at here in front of us. Usually the top four, I can't really argue much about, um, you know, usually that's pretty good. But I think once we get to 12 teams here, kind of like you said, Slade, like some of these teams are going to be very hard to, to differentiate. Like, okay, well, how much better are they actually, you know, is a USC over a Penn State or, you know, whatever. So I, that's just my opinion. I, I know it'll you never guys, get to that. But. You guys realistically think that Penn State and Oregon should be in over North Carolina if we're looking at a 12-team playoff. Like, that's yeah. what would happen if this ended today. Yeah. No, no, yeah. That, that's, but hey, So, this is why it's difficult to, to talk about, you know, how much we hate some of these rankings because years ago we had the BCS rankings and they were – everybody knew from top to bottom they were ass. And so we begged for years and years and years for something different. And then we got this. And the first couple of years were okay, but now you're, you're starting to see more and more flaws with this. Is there a better way than this out there? Absolutely. And, you know, we can we can switch, we can go to a different route, and then we're going to sit there three years later and go, well, this sucks too. Like, I, I feel like it is so difficult. There's so many different ways to do this. And uh, listen, I, do I hate these rankings? Absolutely. Do I think I should be on this committee? No. I, I think they have, you know, the toughest job in, in all of college athletics. I feel like the, the selection committee for the 64 team bracket it's so much easier because 90% of the bracket is filled out by conference winners. Like you don't care about, you know, who just won the ace, a, you know, the American or what the mid Ohio conference or whatever, they automatically get to go and 90% of your brackets filled out. And, and I feel like there's so much less controversy with that because you're just like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're in whatever. Um, one thing I will say about that is first of all, if you win your conference, you should not get put in a plan game, but that's, that's a discussion for a different day. Um, I, I lose. I'm, I'm, go ahead, go ahead. I wasn't sure. Back, back to expanding it to 12. I said this when we had our week one show of Out of the Tunnel. Uh, they announced it just before that, that they were going to 12 teams. 12 is the stupidest number that they could have picked. Uh, I, I think it is absolutely dumb. Uh, I think the dream scenario, in, in my eyes, if I could you know, control these playoffs, whatever, you expand it to eight teams. That is your power five, That your, your power five conference champions. That's five teams already filled it up. That's your... ACC, American, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, Impact 12. Uh, excuse me, the American's not in there. Um, but then what you do is you look at you, you – so you have three open bids, essentially. I think the top group of five you know, team, uh, wherever they're ranked, should get in. They get, they get a playoff bid, and then you get two uh, essentially wildcard spots, or however you want to say it. Um, I mean, you look at the NFL bracket, just half the team. Uh, I think that would be the best way to go. Um, but I'm, again, is there a better solution than that out there? Yeah, absolutely. And we could sit here and argue this for the next three hours, probably about you know how dumb are these rankings, how in, inconsequential some of them are, you know, and what what better ways there are to improve it. I mean, we, we've we've tried doing our own rankings, and, and yeah, it's fun to do. But at the same time, damn, all right, this is hard, and you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm sitting here. I'm using and. and we're using numbers and strength of schedule and all this other stuff. And somehow Alabama is still the number four team in the country, even though they lost two games. But on the, on the other hand, you know, they lost those two games by combined four points. So, I mean, it's, there, there, I don't think there's any perfect way out there to do this. Uh, and again, it, like I said, I, I'm not disagreeing with, you know, where Slade's coming from or where Nick's coming from. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I don't envy these people at all is what I'm saying. And again, we can sit here and argue, you know, if Oregon state is ahead of Oklahoma state or, if, you know, Tulane shouldn't even be ranked anymore and so on and so forth. 
yeah. I think that just to piggyback off of what I said a little bit earlier, um, I think that whether you do eight teams and have a couple extra bids, you know, after the Power Five, or you do ten and you take all the conference winners, um, I I think that something like that is what's what would be in the sport's best interest because you think about it now, like the majority of the schools, the Georgia, the Ohio State, the you know Alabama, those teams. They're the ones getting the majority of the big recruits. Why? Because these recruits want to play for good teams. They want to win national championships. I think if you, you know, even if you don't do conference champion, just the conference championships, I think some sort of expansion is needed because that's going to allow players to be more free with where they decide to go. Now, yeah, I know there's other factors like NIL and stuff like that, but I think that it gives more like a lot of players are going to say, yeah, I want to go to Georgia. Why? Because Georgia has the best chance of winning the national championship. Where if you expand it to 8, 10, 12, whatever, um, you do give more teams a chance at that. So I think that overall could be better for the sport. But again, you know, it, to sit here and, and say that this idea or this idea, the way that it is, would be perfect. Like, obviously, we're humans. We're never happy about anything, especially when it comes to sports and football. Uh, so, it, you know, whatever. At my last rant about football here, quick is why 12 teams? Is there going to be two playing games? Because no team should be getting a damn bye in, in the playoffs of this. I, I'm sorry, but Ohio State, um, Alabama, nobody, those teams don't even want to sit out a week. I, I don't understand. I mean, it should have been eight, and I feel like that's what it should have been, but um, I'm anxious to see how they end up formulating, how they end up formatting this, because there, there's going to either be the first and second seed get a bye, or there's going to be four teams playing in two playoff games, basically, like playing games. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, there was such an easy solution in front of them of either going with eight or going with 16, and they just pulled a number out of their ass. No, we're going to go with 12. Um, yeah. We, I, th- I think we're done the arguing about college football. Uh, I mean, we, like I said earlier multiple times we could sit here and argue this for the next three hours uh who knows maybe we'll do an extended episode of out of the tunnel on saturday where we do that um before we move on away from college football i I did want to give some remarks quick uh of course we had the terrible tragedy on sunday uh with the university of virginia they have canceled their game this weekend against coastal carolina uh obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to all three team members who were uh, and their families who uh were tragically killed uh, and our thoughts and prayers are with the entire University of Virginia and their football team as well. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, I, I, there's just no words to even say. Uh, and, and so we, we wish that community healing, uh, and you know, hopefully, uh, things can get better from here. Again, I, it, it's it's difficult to say words anymore with just how frequently and unnecessarily this happens. Um, Moving on, uh, this is a terrible segue, uh, but I save that we, last. <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably should have. Um, right. Maybe that's how I'll edit it. But anyway, uh, we're not going to do a top five this week just because it was difficult to come up with five of these individually, even though I could probably go on this all night. Uh, we're going to debate uh, the things that we hate most about Thanksgiving. Uh, last year, we did our, our favorite Thanksgiving foods. Uh, we wanted to kind of do some Thanksgiving again, but you know, just got to do the things that we just don't like about Thanksgiving. Uh, so, Slade, what don't you like about Thanksgiving? Mm. I am a big fan of succotash, and nobody seems to think that that is important for Thanksgiving, which really that is disgusting. 
That is absolutely My mom actually makes just a little crock pot of it just for me because nobody else eats it. You oh, can suck on my so ass because that is disgusting. What about that's you? not the worst. That's not the worst part about Thanksgiving, though. Anyway, Nick. For me, it is. Don't... For me, it is. It. It's I think bad that you like something about Thanksgiving. I think the best well, part about Thanksgiving is the fact that there's not succotash on the table when I sit down. But <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, I have a bigger one here. Uh, we talked about it a little before the show. I think it's going to be controversial. Controversial. But before I say that, um, a, a small one that I think is more popular, uh, more widely accepted. The fact that turkey is the main meat on Thanksgiving, get that shit out of here. Give me the ham. Um, but no, my my thing, uh, one of my probably my worst thing about Thanksgiving um, is the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And listen, I get it. I used to watch it every single year as a kid. But as I've grown up, first of all, parades in general have kind of uh, you know gone past me uh, quite figuratively and literally. Um, but it's a big waste of time. Uh, just flaunting a bunch of celebrities lip singing lip syncing on some floats uh, that got the Pillsbury Doughboy on it or something Pikachu's flying down you know Times Square like it's it's stupid it's ridiculous I, I get it you know the kids the kids enjoy it whatever send them to fucking Disneyland I don't care but uh, it's just I don't want to see it on the TV um, especially if there's some sort of like football pregame show on get the shit out of here uh, let me get hyped for Thanksgiving football. Uh, and quite honestly, I do a lot of traveling on the holidays. And so like to even sit down and have time to watch, like, I don't understand what families do on Thanksgiving to be able to have three hours to just sit there and watch a bunch of floats, drive on down the fucking street in New York uh, or wherever the hell they happen to do it. I don't know if it's always in New York. Um, but regardless, it just seems like something that's so unnecessary. Like there are thousands of people there on the floats watching in person, whatever, that could be with their families. If your family's that horrible, don't even celebrate Thanksgiving. Just go to work like a normal person. I I, I don't really have much more to say. Yeah, no, I I put the Thanksgiving parade on like the same pedestal as like the huge New Year's Eve party they do at Times Square. Like it's so unnecessary yeah. for that many people to congregate for no reason. Yeah. Like you, you can go watch it at your house or you can go to like your local town square, does the same exact thing. Like there's no reason yeah. that Times Square is such a, a big thing because you know, it, it, just because they hit puberty every year and their balls drop it and some fireworks go off and confetti, it, to me, it is just the dumbest thing to watch every year. And I, I, I can't stand either one of them. Uh, I think I real never... quick, just because I know you're going to get back into Thanksgiving here. I, I just want to talk about, I think New Year's is a waste of fucking time, too. Um, you're still going to wake up the next day and be the same piece of shit you were on December 31st. Your rent's due. Uh, your rent is due your, the next day. Yeah, Why are you celebrating? Due, like, yeah, it's complete waste of time i literally like i go to parties to party but other than that like typically i fall asleep before noon because nobody gives a shit all right at 1201 i'm gonna feel zero different zero percent different than i did at 11 midnight because if you're falling asleep at noon, you and i have i have some serious questions about your sleeping habits no that i'm not and george don't forget to up the rating on this one because i think we've doubled the swear charges we were doing pretty good but college football the nfl and fucking thanksgiving got right fired now, up Whenever we, we get our random college or college bowl game we're getting, we're just gonna put a fucking hundred dollars on it because at this point I'd, I I think I'm gonna go on about thirty minutes about my my bullshit. But yeah, no, I, I can't stand New Year's Eve. Like again, I don't mind going to, to like a friend's house or like just staying at home. Nine times out of ten though, I just want to fall asleep because the next day is usually the Rose Bowl. Uh, I mean last year obviously Oregon didn't play in it and that sucked. But hey, I mean it's and, and the midnight kiss like uh, these forties. 40- 
as kids, like I get it. When you're a teenager or you're young twenties and you, you want to be midnight, midnight kiss. First of all, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Step it, yeah. like ante up a little bit here. Um, but for the adults that do it, like it really has to be midnight on the last day of the year for you to get a kiss from your miserable fucking wife that never kisses you the rest of the year. Like, get out of here. The first kiss of the year. Oh, who gives a shit? It's the only one he's going to get all year. I, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, this went from Thanksgiving to New Year's. Right <laughs> yeah. Right, but, um, <laughs> who knew New Year's was going to get us fired up, too? But here we are. I mean, uh, as far as my worst things, uh, I mean, the first one is just your, your family that gets way too political. Uh, especially like the boomers in your family. Uh, well, what do you think about Biden or Trump? I don't care. Uh, I'm I'm not here to discuss that with you. I'm here to eat food. And uh, I mean, honestly, sometimes I. And back to the turkey, real quick. Oh, uh, I, I hate it. I hate it. Don't, I'm not going to try and and argue. The reason I hate it is because 90 percent of you assholes out there don't understand how to flavorfully cook something to keep some juices in it. Every time I eat somebody else's turkey. Outside of my aunt, Aunt Debbie, I would never shame your turkey. Your turkey is the only turkey I will ever eat. Aunt Debbie. Everybody I else eats turkey is Debbie. dry as ass, and I cannot stand it. Uh, and that's why I hate turkey on Thanksgiving. You guys would hate turkey, succotash hating assholes. Listen, ham. I'm sorry that we weren't at the first Thanksgiving back in yeah. 1622, and that's why we like succotash at Thanksgiving. Shut the fuck up, you pilgrim eating motherfucker. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, let's, let's get some other ones I got here. Uh, I'm not going to say that one on here because Hannah's going to get mad at me if, if I have to say that. Oh, the other thing I hate about Thanksgiving is having watched the goddamn Cowboys every year. Oh, yeah. uh, they they either... Their fans and the Lions just, while we're at it. The Lions, I don't mind because you, every other year it seems like the Bears play them, so I get to watch the Bears at least. That's um, it, I don't know. Like the Detroit has nothing else. Let's at least let them have the Thanksgiving football game. Um. But yeah, Dallas. I can't stand watching them at four thirty every every Thanksgiving day. It sucks, uh, and the night game is always ass, and mm-hmm. it just helps put you to sleep after each stuffing your face all day. Um, one thing I do love about Thanksgiving is pumpkin pie, and Hannah had oh, yeah. some today and didn't bring many home, so we're a little on edge at this house. Uh, if you couldn't tell, or any kind of pie, really. I mean, I know you're not much for uh, Cool Whip, but you give me a slice of pie with like two pounds of Cool Whip on top, and I'm good to go. Yeah, no, I, I don't feel like throwing up at Thanksgiving, so that's why I, I avoid the Cool Whip. Um, I, I had sweet potato pie for the first time last year. I thought it was pumpkin pie. I was a little... I ate it, and I, I swear like, to God, it tasted... Bland. It was. I was like, oh, this is weird, but, like, I mean, hey, it's pumpkin pie. I'm just happy. And finally, Hannah walks over. She goes, why are you eating the sweet potato pie? First of all, why do they look the same? Like, why did you put no distinguishing features on either of these pies and say pumpkin? Sweet potato, yeah. and I would have avoided this whole fiasco. But I must say uh, that uh, there are good flavored sweet potato pies out there. I'm but... not saying that. I'm just I, I've just never been a huge yeah. fan of sweet potatoes. Oh, uh, people that eat cranberry sauce—that's disgusting. Uh, so huge, huge thing here. Uh, if, I used to be like the out of the can smooth cranberry sauce when I was a kid, and then as I grew up like and brain? got cultured, huh? Like your brain. You yeah, kind of. You know what I'm talking about? Out of the can. <laughs> yes, I like, know what you're talking Yeah, about. and as I I've grown it. older, I've matured into the more uh, adult, you know, kind of, I don't know if chunky is the right word. It kind of makes it sound yucky, but chunky um, cranberry sauce. Yeah, it definitely, like, it's not my favorite, but, you know, if somebody happens to throw some on my plate, I'll eat it. But I'm, I'm there we go. I mean, I, I'm more, con- more than content to go to, like, a Thanksgiving party, and I will let you guys eat whatever you want. Just save me some mashed potatoes, some 
your volume went up. Yeah, it did. I thought it was me on my end because like everything went silent. All right, stuffing's the best food for Thanksgiving. Stuffing, stuffing do be good. See, I, I'm not George. I, I do. I love sweet potatoes. Uh, especially my dad makes some banging ones with all kinds of extra stuff, not just normal white people potato or sweet potatoes with like a little bit of brown sugar. Um, that shit's busting. George's uh, computer basically said that I complained about college football so much that there's not enough time to talk about Thanksgiving stuff anymore. Yeah. No, we, no, we can't, can't hear you, George. That's all right. So, Nick, you, I was say, you want me to just end it? Yeah, I think he wants you to close oh, the damn. podcast now. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what he's saying. All right, guys. So uh, obviously, you know, thanks for tuning into this. Um, if you, not if you, wake up uh, by 8.30 on Saturdays and tune into the live college football show, uh, we have a lot of fun on Saturdays bringing that to you. If you happen to miss it, you can catch it afterwards. Uh, I don't remember what all George normally says during this, uh, but I think promoting exciting, the Saturday show. Exciting news. Two weeks. We're all three going to be together for the Out of the Tunnel Saturday morning. Yes, we are going to be together in two weeks for the Out of the Tunnel show. Um, two of us were supposed to be together this weekend, uh, but it didn't. Actually, all three of us were, but Slate didn't switch work, and I didn't end up making it. Uh, but no, that's definitely going to be a huge blast. Um, hopefully, a lot of people can tune in. George keeps trying to talk, but I can't read lips, so that's all right. Uh, he'll deal with it. Um, look at his smile over there. It's so beautiful. But yeah, uh, again, thank you for tuning in, uh, and we will catch you on Saturday, and then we'll catch you next week.